Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, another day and more scheduling news. The Cougs going home and home with Central Florida and Rice. Rice. Go down in Texas, get the brand up there, connect with the potential recruits, and beat Rice twice. Central Florida... Yeah, it could be a little tougher. They have just had an awesome run here. We'll see how much longer it goes. It's hard to believe they can sustain what they've been doing. Sensational. An undefeated season, then an undefeated regular season, and a bowl loss. Uh, they did just get beat by Pitt. But. So those schools go on, and that leaves one hole where there used to be a Utah game. Uh, those games are out in 2023 and 24 and all that. So still more work for Tom Homo to do, and he'll plug somebody else in, and we'll see at some point if they plug in Notre Dame at home. And if not at home, Notre Dame and Las Vegas would be good, too. All right, time to hear from the Cougars. Let's start with the running back who's going to try to replace Tyson Williams. Maybe it'll be a little bit by committee. I'll have to see how that works out. Uh, but Emmanuel Suba figures to get a lot of the carries and a lot of the work. Here he is with the media on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Emmanuel, you ready to be the man? Yes, sir. <laughs> that was what are your uh, emotions and feelings like with, uh, now that it looks like you're kind of a part one? Um, you know, sad to see Tassan go down. It's really sad. So, it's my first emotion is just, you know, sad, and I'm just feeling for him because, you know, I'm in the same situation as him, and, you know, that can't easy to me. So, really just feeling sorry for him. And, uh, you know, my energy is the same. You know, I'm just going to prepare the same, work the same at practice, work the same in the weight room, and just, you know, do what I need to do to get some win. How did your reps change in practice this week? Uh, they didn't really change much. I mean, we always get – um, a good amount of reps. Like everybody always gets a good amount of reps, so uh-huh. same amount of reps. So they haven't changed going up or down. No, sir. What do you think of your strengths as you as you take this responsibility? You said my strengths. Strengths, yeah. Um, just uh, the knowledge of the offense. Um, you know, um, just uh, my my preparation. You know, my uh, my toughness, my you know mentality, just uh, to the game in general. So I just feel like uh, you know my maturity also would help me just you know stand to the role. Has playing for BYU been what you thought it would be so far? Uh, yeah, you know, big time football with great players and a great coaching staff. You know? So that's exactly what I expect to be, and that's exactly what I'm doing. What, what's your mentality as you go on a road trip? You guys have already taken one already to Tennessee, but as you take this one to Toledo, how do you approach that? So, uh, just like my preparation off the field, uh, getting more sleep, uh, getting more hydration, eating uh, well. Things like that, you know, because we have a shorter week. We're traveling earlier, so you just got to take care of your body more. I think that's huge uh, on away games. Do interviews today. Do interviews today. Have you noticed BYU scheduled series twice today? Yes, sir. I noticed that. Uh, I saw my Instagram. Got very excited. I'm sad that I won't get to play in it, but uh, you know, I'll definitely be watching for sure. I don't know if you studied up, but the last time these two teams played BYU, they had two running backs, both in the league right now, kind of going back and forth, pinball-like numbers. Are you maybe hoping to put up some pretty pretty similar numbers as Jamal Williams and Kareem Hunt? Yeah, I heard about that. I heard about that last game. You know, that was very exciting. Um, hopefully, we could just, you know, dominate instead of just being, like, back and forth. Um, but, yeah, that was a very exciting game. I remember that. How do you think your skills are as receiving out of the backfield, catching the ball? They're pretty good. Um, Fortunately, I got to step up, so you know I'm uh, coming out to practice and working on them a lot more. So uh, it'll be good. Did you do that much at Rice? Uh, catch out the backfield? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not too much, especially my last year with the uh, offensive switch up, um, more like uh, uh, power scheme and stuff like that. So we just run the ball a lot.
There's BYU running back Emmanuel Asupa right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dardell Nick Dixon writes for the paper in Provo. We'll get his take on the Cougars. Can they get to 8-4? and four? What if they get to 8-4 and four and the losses are Utah State and Boise State? We'll talk with him next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Buying or selling a home? Homie will give you up to $5,000 back to help you with closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homie. See more at Homie.com. Time now to talk a little BYU football with Darnell Dixon. He covers BYU for the Daily Herald. He's joining us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Darnell, good morning. Good morning to you guys. So I guess the question is, BYU's 2-2, two and two, which I think for people making prognostications was really the best-case scenario, but they've also lost their starting running back. How optimistic should Cougar fans be going forward? Because I think a lot of people were hoping 2-2 two and two would turn into 8-4. and four. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and, you know, I look at that 2-2 two and two and I see how BYU fans can say, hey, you know, I don't think anybody thought we'd be 2-2 two and two after those four games. But I look at it as two blowouts and two really fortunate wins. So there's still a lot out uh, as far as what this team really is and how good they can actually be. Uh, we know the schedule's not quite as stiff as they go forward in these eight games. There are some challenges, obviously, there with Utah State and Boise State, especially because those two teams have kind of had BYU's number for a couple of years. Um, I, I think BYU fans should, should be optimistic. I think BYU has better uh, depth to handle some of these injuries that they've had. Um, they're not like, you know, some of these uh, other Power 5 teams that they, they replace a five-star with a five-star, but I think that they've got some good talent in the running back group to, to step up and and, uh, and get some good yards. It's, it's just too bad for Tyson Williams. He was really fitting in well, and, and I think he had a really bright future here at BYU, have a really, really nice season. Um, but uh, the coaches and players all say next man up, and they've got some guys that can step in and play those positions. And, you know, the offense has been kind of up and down in this preseason. I think they've shown some progress, but the consistency is not there yet. And and the defense really hasn't stopped anybody yet, especially with the run. So I think there's a lot of questions still to be answered as the schedule changes a little bit and they, they have a little bit more favorable um, um, time to, to take on some of these other programs. So do you think with Williams down, even though they got a couple other guys there for sure, will they feature more of the pass? Well, that's a good question, too. I, I think that a lot of it depends on the opponent. Uh, I think when they play on Saturday at uh, at, to- at Toledo, this is a, a team that, that gave up 694 total yards to Colorado State and 405 of those were passing. So you think there's going to be some places for them to exploit it. Um, I know that they talk a lot about balance as far as running and passing, but they've still leaned pretty heavily, I think, on the pass, and they really like what Zach Wilson's doing. Um, I, I think they'll try to balance it, but, again, it's it's dependent on the opponent and – Toledo's shown a propensity to give up a lot of pass yards. So I think we might see uh, some, some play calls that, that run the ball but set up some trying to hit some big pass plays as well. 
So you mentioned the BYU defense, the ability to stop the run, and uh, Brian Kobach just ran for a couple hundred yards for Toledo against CSU. How much should BYU be worried about that rushing attack versus their rush defense? Well, Toledo was interesting because when they played at BYU two or three years ago, they were a passing team and and ran up some some great totals uh, offensively against the BYU defense at that point. I think that BYU defense was probably better than the one that they have on the field this year. So I think they should be plenty worried about what Toledo can do on the ground. And uh, those young linebackers are going to be forced to make some plays. And, And they've made some plays, but certainly given up way too much on the ground. And They've been fortunate they've had some good red zone defense and forced some field goals in some other games. Washington kind of um, took care of them pretty easily on, on Saturday. And, you know, Toledo's not Washington, but they definitely have some guys, like you mentioned, Kubak, and, and their quarterback's a good runner as well. So it, it's a different test each week. And, and this defense, this, you know, drop eight, rush three may not play as much of a role in in this game because of how much Toledo runs, but they're going to be tested. and. And it's an early morning game as well, so you know, it's, it's a 10 o'clock start out there or out here, and so um, there's some, some challenges there for BYU as they go on the road. Does a loss to Toledo take the luster off the two overtime wins? For sure it does. It's, it's a MAC team, and it's, I think that what the BYU program wants to get to is – they want to be uh, a team that can compete with Power Five teams. They've shown they can do that to some extent um, with with the Tennessee and USC wins, but consistency is important. And I, I think that they're going to be expected to win, and that, that puts you in a kind of a different situation when you're a team on the road and you have some things going against you, but you're still expected to come out on top. And and I, I think the BYU fan base is expecting that. Those that are paying for the ESPN Plus so they can watch the game. And I think that the coaches have their work cut out from this week and trying to make sure this group is ready for a different kind of challenge. It's not a P5 program, but it's definitely a program that could that could mess up their season. And, you know, they go from these first four games where they're 2-2, two and two, they have eight games that they're going to be favored in the majority of those. And so they've got to deal with those kind of pressures as well. So do you think there's a, a big chance of a letdown here, trap game and all that kind of stuff? Uh, you get a little bit of a chance to talk to guys on Monday and kind of get a feeling for how they're, how they're looking at this? Yeah, you know, Kalani was a little salty on Monday. He was asked some questions about the first four games and, and kind of evaluating the team, and he just didn't want to talk about it. He's, he's all about Toledo right now, and I think that sends a message to the rest of the, the players that, you know, those four games are done, and, and we won two and lost two, and you have to focus on your next opponent or you can get tripped up. And so that attitude will, will pay off for them if that's permeating throughout the entire team. Now, we just know that the, the players that talked to the media and, and Kalani's talk, you kind of said it that way, and so that's the, the tack they're taking. So I, I don't think that they'll, they'll be thinking they can handle this one easily. I think that they still believe – that they're going to be a good team and they have a lot to prove and this is an opportunity to do that. Yeah, how much is that from last year's experience of having some big wins and then some crummy losses? Yeah, I think the coaching staff is prepared for that and I think that the players know that you're only as good as your last game. And and again, we talk about perception and, and if BYU is not good enough to beat a, a mid-level MAC team, then there are issues and, and that, that puts the perspective uh, for, for fans that this program still has a long way to go, and they're still building. And I think that 
that most people expected. You know, if you look at, at expectations for this year, getting to eight wins was something that, that they thought would be a doable goal, and it still is. Um, and, and, you know, in reality, they could win all eight of these games and, and, and end up with more than eight wins. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a process that Kalani has put his program through. They've made some changes, obviously, the coaching staff offensively last year, and, and they put themselves in a position to be a little bit deeper at some places that they've, they've suffered in. So it's an op- always an opportunity to play against a, a, a team the next week and prove yourself. And like Kalani said on Monday, he doesn't want to talk about the first four games. He only wants to talk about Toledo. I'm curious, over the course of the season, if you're a good team, you know, you keep getting better, and usually there's some guys who over the course of the season kind of come to the forefront. Is there anybody you're watching here who maybe they're getting a chance because of injury, maybe they're just improving, maybe you're playing different opponents with different skill sets so you get more of a chance, depending on what the game plan is. But the guys you're looking for who have a chance to, to break out who are maybe still a little under the radar after a month? Yeah, I think that that linebacker group is a really good example of that, and and it's because they've got so much youth, <clears throat> so much youth there. Um, guys like Max Tooley and Chaz Ayu and Jackson Kafusi and Keenan Peely, um, Peyton Wilgar. They've just they're just guys that that are making big plays, but also making big mistakes because they just don't have the experience yet. And, and they're all getting a, a lot of reps now, and and they're, they got good reps against Power Five programs in the first four games. I think the coaching staff and the players know that that will pay off down the road as, as they take on the rest of this schedule. Um, but those are those are the guys I kind of look at, and and then you know there's there's the receiver group that had had three good games and then that kind of a bad game against Washington with some drops and some mistakes. I, I still think that that Gunnar Romney is going to play a pretty big role with that, that receivers group as they get going. And, and they managed to find uh, a level Hifo a little bit more against Washington. I think that's important. And Matt Bushman had some more catches. So I think the offense uh, needs those guys to step forward. And then we, we talk about the running backs. It's it's now time for Emmanuel Asukpa to, to step up and, and play the role that, that they had for Tyson Williams. He's not maybe as straight ahead fast, as Tyson, even though he's got good speed, but he's a little sturdier, I think, and and uh, I think he can provide a lot of help for that offense as well as Lapina Katoa, who's an experienced guy. He's got to play a lot last year, so that there are a number of, of players who have gotten that good experience against these P5 programs, or they had some experience from last year that are going to be asked to step up as they they take on the rest of these eight games. Is this offense capable of scoring forty points? Yeah, you know, I I, I was. I was talking to some people about the offense, and I, I know that they were a lot of people are encouraged by the fact that they moved the ball. Um, they have you know pretty good overtimes in, in, in those situations. And against Washington, you take away some of those drops and and, and the, the turnovers, and they did move the ball fairly well against the Washington defense. That's generally one of the better ones in the Pac-12. So I think there's some encouragement there. It's it's just a matter of being consistent and, and avoiding those those big mistakes that have set them back and. Um, I think they've got some potential to do that, maybe more so now against some teams that don't have the kind of defense that they've been facing. But I, I you know, I think that Idaho State they can score forty against them, but can they score forty against Toledo or Utah State or Boise State? That's still up for, up for grabs. We don't know. I think that Zach Wilson has been inconsistent. He's had some great moments, but also some moments where he kind of shows he's just in his sophomore year and still pretty young. So, 40 points would be a great goal against any of these teams that are playing in the next month or so. 
Uh, I think, you know, like UMass and Liberty and Idaho State aren't going to be much of a challenge for BYU, but I'd be more impressed if they did it against Utah State or Boise State or Toledo. So are you still thinking eight and four is a good goal, a good season, and it's still reachable, or are you recalibrating any of that? I think eight and four is, is still a good goal, but if that's the case, then likely they'd be losing to Boise State and Utah State and beating the other teams on their schedule. And if that ends up being eight and four, I think there's a little bit of, of, a, of a letdown in that situation because if you look at the schedule in that sense, really, you know, beating USC and Tennessee was kind of maybe a surprise to some people. But the rest of the schedule is, is something that, that if they play well and continue to improve, they should be able to handle those games. Uh, Utah State and Logan's going to be very difficult. Boise State, as, as we mentioned before, they've kind of had BYU's number, and they're coming to Provo. So I, I think if they don't win one of those two games, there's still going to be a sense that the program isn't moving forward. And, and again, we're talking about perception. Is the program improving? Are they getting to a point uh, where, where it looks like they're getting better every year? And if, I think unless they beat one of those two teams – Boise State or Utah State, I think that that perception is still that they're a long, a long ways off. And I, I think that that's, that's going to hurt. Um, the, the, the fan base is not going to be as interested, and Kalani is going to be maybe a little bit more under fire at that point. Notre Dame subbing out for Utah those two years? Yeah, maybe. I heard Central Florida might be interested in, in, in that situation. You know, maybe it's going to be like Ross and Rachel on Friends. Maybe a break is a good thing uh, for the programs to to kind of take a step back for those two years. And I'm a purist. I think that BYU and Utah should play every year. But we know we're in a different college football uh, scenario anymore. And and things aren't the same. Rivalries don't mean the same. And and so you've got those two years. And, you know, it's nice for, for Utah to have an opportunity to bring up a club like Florida. Uh, the Salt Lake, and, and so I don't see anything really bad about it, other than um, it's good to see those two programs play every year. So, with the uh, schedule going forward, what's the feedback? And I don't know how much you've heard about. It. Do they feel like they've gotten the schedule where they want? Because some of the schedules going forward look even more difficult than this year. And I know some people are holding their breath about this year. And obviously with the two overtime games, a play here, a play there, you know, it could have been really different. Have they hit the right level? Do they need to do a little more to stay on the national radar? Were they lucky they got through this and they've overscheduled? What do you think? It's it's a very tricky business when you're talking about scheduling and independence. And and some of that has to match up with how good you think you're going to be. I think BYU was expected – uh, to, to be in 2020, a pretty good team. They're very young this year, and they have a lot of guys coming back. But you take a look at that 2020 schedule, and they go at Utah, Michigan State at home, at Arizona State, at Minnesota, Utah State, Missouri, Houston. I mean, that, that's killer. And they've tried to build up their uh, their program and, and their depth so they can handle that kind of thing. Um, and and I don't know. That's a very difficult schedule. I think if, if you're looking, like, what are they going to do with that Utah slot in those two years, I think maybe they go down a little bit instead of playing someone the caliber of Utah, because they're starting to get some some pretty big games coming up, and, and it's it's such a unique schedule. No one else plays a schedule like BYU does, um, and, and, and I think it's, it's telling that you saw two season-ending injuries over the course of those four games for BYU, and pretty significant ones, that when you add in Zane Anderson, uh, safety linebacker, who's one of their better defenders, and Tyson Williams. So, it's a delicate balance, and, and I, I think next year's schedule is probably as difficult as they want to make it. 
I don't think they want to go beyond that. And, and as they move forward, I think they've got to consider that maybe you don't play four P5s in a row. Maybe you throw in, try to throw in a, a lower division team in that situation just to keep your guys healthy. Darnell, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on and talking Cougars for a few minutes. All right, fellas. Have a good day. There's Darnell Dixon writing for the paper in Provo. When we come back, you're going to hear from the Utes and the Cougars. You're going to hear from Kyle Whittingham. You're going to hear from Ed Lamb, associate head coach and special teams uh, coordinator. And we'll hear from some of the players as well, Micah Simon and Terrell Burgess. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, we're going to Utah and BYU to hear from players and coaches. We're going to start with a guy who is one of the most quotable Cougars. Wide receiver Mike Assignment also conveniently making a lot of plays this year. He's off to a nice start. Here's Mike Assignment. So we noticed the brace on your leg and uh, you played anyway. Uh, is that a just a precautionary thing or is there an issue there? Um, yeah, I was a little banged up. Um, had to wear the brace. Um, and warm-ups because I uh, couldn't, couldn't let the tape get too loose for the game. So that's why the brace was on for that, but was able to just tape it up for the game, and I was, I was fine. I'm, I'm fine. You and Tyson are roommates, right? How, yeah. How's, how's he doing? Yeah, it's, uh, it was pretty tough, man, Saturday night. Uh, I was probably, like, one of the first people to find out because we were just at home together, and uh, it was tough for him. Uh, tough for me to see him kind of in that in that state of mind uh, as a as a friend as a brother as a teammate and uh, yeah, I was just sick to my stomach um, but you know we we have a lot of great great uh, people on this team and in this program that that that, that care for him and that um, that'll that love him up and lift him up and uh, and he'll 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 bounce he'll bounce back and he'll be all right. Did you do anything personally to help him through that situation? Just kind of put my arm around him, uh, sat next to him at that uh, at home for for a little while until his uh, until his mom came over. Um, so yeah, we just really kind of just sat there together and just just talked over some things. How does that news come? Just curiosity's sake, did they text him, call him? Uh, yeah, he just like went and got his MRI or whatever after <coughs> the game, and uh, after they all looked at it, they they gave him a call when we were at home, and uh, yeah. He's kind of endeared himself really well to this team, especially because he's only been here for a couple of months. What is it about his personality that's kind of, I guess, made him so easy to to embrace and, and to just to just love on this team? I guess. Yeah, I think he uh, he just you know he's he's himself and he he um, can get along with with anybody and uh, he doesn't try he doesn't try to be a different type of person. It's just. He's Tyson, and and he he gels really well with uh, with a lot of people on this team, and uh, earn the respect um, from everybody. You know, quickly with with the way he works and the, the way he carries himself. Does that get old? I mean, you guys know it's a a reality in football. You've seen it happen throughout your career where guys go down for the season or you know have a knee injury or those type of significant things. 
does that ever wear on you just emotionally seeing brothers like you said have this type of you know impact yeah injuries are the worst thing ever um you know it's something that's definitely a part of the game but you just you wish it could be like madden and you turn the injuries off for for your season and uh it's just something that's just it's it's you know kills me every time i see i see people go down and and it's even you know like obviously people on the team and and my friends and stuff like that but it's really just anybody that i ever see you know here that has a seizing any injury that's just you just never want to hear that as a as an athlete how would you evaluate the offense now after four games um we've made some made some strides in some areas um felt like we've we've improved in some areas from last year that we've been trying to do um but we we definitely took a step back this past weekend and uh we'll have to get in the film room and and correct it and uh and learn from it be ready to go what do you know at this point about the toledo defense uh i i don't know too much about them right now um just uh still finishing up our our corrections from uh from this past weekend do you have any memories of that game he's had against them here in 2016 yeah so that's uh, I redshirted that year and uh that was a crazy game Jamal went went nuts and had a ton of yards uh they had Kareem Hunt you know on their team he's in the league now and he uh he had a great game so that was a yeah that was a fun one that's that's one I'll I'll remember the offense has, has been a little inconsistent you have stretches where it's been really good and then things seem to kind of come apart a little bit at times. How do you guys make those consistent stretchers longer and, and, and make more of those, you know, kind of those plays be able to, to, to put them together better? Yeah, I feel like we uh, we were able to move the ball a little bit, but we, we couldn't finish the drive or, you know, had to kick a field goal over too far. Uh, and it's just execution. You know, we had a lot of pre-snap penalties, a lot of just uh, – kind of missed assignments and, and things like that you know drop drop passes and uh that just that just can't happen you know those are the things that we can control and uh, we have to make those plays this is the second time you guys are headed west to east eastward i guess for a game and traditionally in college football teams just don't play as well or they just feel it when they travel east just Across across college football, what is it about going west to east that maybe I don't know if it messes your body clock or is there something about it that you guys can just kind of feel that's different? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's different for everybody. Um, for sure, the for sure the time difference is, uh, could could potentially cause an issue, but that's we'll we'll get out of here Thursday and, and try to get our bodies bodies and minds ready for uh, for Saturday morning. Micah, what are you and the other leaders trying to do to make sure everyone's dialed in? Because it can be easy to get up to USC and all these other teams, but you just make sure everyone's dialed in and, and keeping everyone accountable. Yeah, you have to be dialed in for every game. Uh, it's it's you know it's a D1 college football. Every team is good. Every team can can go out there and play and make make things happen. So uh, you got to approach each week the same way, and uh, that's that's what we you know our. Our job is as players, and, and I, you know, as, as myself and other other guys as leaders, just to just to make sure everybody's ready to go. How do you approach a, a morning game as opposed to a game where you have to wait all day before you play? I think it's, uh, you know, it's definitely different, but I think it's fun where you can just kind of get up, get up and go eat breakfast and just go play. It reminds you of little league, and you have games early in the morning, and you just you just get out there and go play. So, uh, see, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. 
There's Micah Simon now. Here's the associate head coach and special teams coordinator, Ed Lamb. What specific uh, problems does Toledo present being such a different offensive team than you faced because they run the ball so much? They do. They run the ball really well, and then their quarterback runs the ball too. Uh, we haven't faced a whole lot of teams that, that use the designed quarterback run against us. I thought the first game against Utah, I think they could have, but they didn't probably didn't feel like they needed to risk that. Toledo's quarterback's a very good runner, and uh, they've got one of the best tailbacks in the country. They pull the ball out and throw the RPO if you commit too much to the run, so it's going to have to just be good, solid, sound, 11-man defense. What are the keys for the linebackers to be able to read that quickly enough to, to make the plays? Well, the linebackers have to be able to read the, the action of the backfield and at the same time read the level of the offensive line. And so if the offensive line is out low, then you have to feel a little faster. If the offensive line's a little higher, then you know, chances are it can be an RPO play. Linebackers have had three picks. Um, is that a trend or just happenstance? What something you're doing that is, is causing that? or? Oh yeah, no. Well, we do we do some individual drills. No, I'm just kidding. I, I think it's I think it's um, it's definitely about the, the defensive call somewhat and allowing the linebackers to flow. And w- there will be other defenses where we'd have very little chance to make an interception. So I think it's just been uh, some guys in the right position that have done their techniques right. But it might start to even out over the next few games with safeties and and corners getting involved in that interception game. What has Max Tooley done to earn the playing time that he's gotten and the trust that he's gotten? He plays really passionate. Um, you know, in in terms of maybe the the growth in his playing time um, from the beginning of the season until recently, I think it's understanding more where he belongs within the scheme of the defense. I think that's always a challenge for a young player, and something seemed to click there about week one or week two, and he's just got more and more playing time as a result. How do you feel about the play of uh, Tyler Algier and, and Devin uh, at, at linebacker? I love the way that Tyler was able to um, play in the game and make a contribution on three days of practice, really. Uh, you know, Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday and that's the only days he actually got to represent uh, out on the out on the practice field a lot of meeting time a lot of self-study on his own and, and did a uh, terrific job you asked about two guys uh, Devin Kafusi. oh yeah Devin Devin's gonna play some linebacker for us and uh, yeah he was ready to go I thought they both could have played more in the game and I was disappointed in myself for not getting a better rotation I thought some of our starting guys wore out a little bit and should have played a few less plays Noticed this week that uh, Austin Kapensis, I believe, is a linebacker. What went into that decision? Um, well, Austin is basically playing uh, without, but he could play more of a role at linebacker than he was playing at safety. So just a little higher up on the depth chart at linebacker, and uh, also a good, good position. We feel like maybe his ceiling is greater at uh, at, at linebacker. Will you keep uh, Tyler linebacker moving forward? I, mean, I think so. I think all all the guys every day, or, you know, anything could happen where we where we need to make a switch. A lot of these guys have experience playing on the, on the other side of the ball in high school or whatever. The discussion was had this week about whether or not you know Tyler should get some snaps at running back, and for now we're going to keep him at linebacker. But he's very much trying to stay up on what we're doing on offense in case that's needed at a future time. What goes into a, a position change midseason? Is that something that you and, and the coaching staff kind of bring up to the players? or How does that process work itself out? I think it's it's usually like it, there's a position coach generally that has a need, right? Like we feel like the, the, we don't have the depth that's required. And then, uh, you know, I'm really involved in a lot of those changes because I'm always evaluating every guy on the roster as the special teams coordinator. And so there'll be times where I see a guy have some ability and 
and I'll be I'll be pushing the position coach. Hey, this guy I think needs to be on the travel squad. Can he play a bigger role on offense or defense? And and so sometimes that's the case. Coach Sitake has a has a long background in moving guys around. And so, but but basically the criteria once the decision's made to look at it is, will they be higher on the depth chart at one position than they are at another? And if so, then it's you know it's not up to. It's really up to the player at that point. Say, we see you playing more at this other position. How do you feel about that? And the answer is usually like, I'm in. What do you hope to get from the defense this week that that maybe they were lacking of against Washington? What do you hope to improve in that spot? We have to do a much better job of of shedding blocks at the point of attack, getting pushed back uh, with the defensive line. Um, we have to become more more aggressive and quick in our run reads, and we have to we have to do a better job of playing run defense. It all starts with run defense. We didn't have we didn't give ourselves a chance a week ago with run defense. It's no secret that college football teams traditionally haven't traveled as well when going west to east, when going eastward. I guess how have you guys kind of helped acclimatize? your teams as they've gone this will be your second trip to the eastern time zone i guess how do you kind of help acclimatize players to where they they're not shaking off those legs and that kind of thing for for those east coast trips well byu has maybe uh more experience than most teams certainly since independence on on making those trips across the country and i think one thing that our administration has learned is uh to invest in thursday travel for a saturday game particularly on a a saturday uh you know noon ish game or afternoon game and so so we're doing that uh, again. We did that for Tennessee, and uh, I can just tell. I mean, if you've made that kind of trip before on your own, there's just a you know general level of physical and mental fogginess for about 24 hours, and so now we're traveling closer to 36 hours before the game, and it, it's it's made a marked difference. I've been a part of both types of that travel now, traveling on Friday and traveling on Thursday, and there's a huge difference. You know, Ed, it, it can be easy to get it up for a rivalry game or USC or whatever, but how do, how do you feel about the urgency this week through through two days getting prepared for Toledo? Well, uh, so far so good. I think I think Tuesday is usually like a lot of mental work, and we see the guys, their wheels are spinning. You can actually see them thinking on the field about uh, what the opponent presents new and, and how that may change our alignments and assignments somewhat, tweak alignments and assignments. But really to, tomorrow is the day where we where I get the best sense for if, if uh, the boys believe in the game plan, if they believe in, that we have an opportunity to win, if they're respecting the other team, and there's just that right kind of balance between confidence and work. There is Ed Lamb. Now let's switch from BYU to Utah, and here's Coach Kyle Whittingham. We were talking yesterday about the all-out passing game that you'll be facing. Mm-hmm. You, you ever wish that football was just high formation and the toughest <laughs> team always won? Well, it used to be that way, and, and uh, the game's evolved without a doubt. And so, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm old school. I, I know that as far as defensive mentality. But but uh, you got to evolve with the game, and uh, that's what we've done, hopefully. So it's part of the fun of coaching the challenge of... Sure. Yeah, like absolutely. Always, It's a chess match. Football is the ultimate chess match, and, and uh, it's uh, you know, the ultimate team sport is what they say. Do you have a favorite Mike Leach story or interaction? Just all of them. He's just uh, every time you you, you uh, interact with him or engage with him, it's it's entertaining. Do you guys have anything in common outside of football? Uh, we both went to the same college. Yeah. Uh, he married a girl from Utah. Uh, it's uncanny. Yeah, there's a few things. Yeah, <laughs> you guys have separated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Noah Renault Myers is he no longer? No longer. Yeah, and I should have told you that last week. It was, it was. Uh, 
he just decided that he was going to hang it up. And so we respect his decision. We're uh, glad for the for the hard work he gave us when he was here, but uh, he's moved on. So retired, I guess you could say. You have the uh, announcement that you're going to play BYU an extra five years to 2028, and you're going to play an SEC school in those two years. Are you excited about playing an SEC school? Uh, yeah, I mean the Swamp is a you know one of the best venues in the country, and and uh, you know in coaching terms, it's so far away you can't even fathom it. Was it three years away? I mean that's yeah. that's an eternity. But but uh, that was exciting news. Um, certainly. Uh, you know, our players, I'm sure, will be excited about it. And very very similar to the Michigan deal a few years back when we had that home and home. But how much is it important for if you're going to recruit in Florida, you only make one trip. But is it a big deal for recruits to do that? It is. It is a big deal. And, it, uh, you know, you want to play in your recruiting footprint as much as you can. And so that's another reason that uh, it's a, a game that makes sense. And are you okay with an interruption of a rivalry? Yeah, fine. Yeah. Are you? Yeah, I okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's your uh, judgment of the way the team has responded emotionally this week? Based on today's practice, very well. They bounced back, and they were they were mad. You know, yesterday's team meeting, there was a lot of disappointed people, and and uh, that's how you'd want it. But now you got to put it behind you, you got to move forward. And I think they've been able to do that, at least by the by the uh, their actions at practice. It seems they've done that. What are the steps you take to make sure that that's not like an emotional reaction, but instead a, a more business-like reaction? I know that's yeah, well, we talk about it, and, and we talked in the team meeting yesterday that you know once this meeting's over, that is it. You know, you got to put that behind you, and you got to you got to move forward. And we're playing a team that's essentially in the exact same boat that we're in, and it's going to be who handles the mental part of it better. That 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 team will win. Who can respond? And with Washington State, obviously they're similar beast to, to USC, but they do do a little bit different things in their pass attack. How do you how do you kind of shift and, and what little things are you guys doing to, to adjust? For that? Well, we're just uh, you know got defensive game plan in place, and and uh, you know they're they throw the ball I guess better than anyone in the country. They got more right. yards thrown than anyone in the country, and so it's a challenge and. Uh, you know, we got them. I think our secondary is anxious to redeem themselves because last week they were disappointed with their efforts, and so this week they're you know, anxious to get back out there and and uh, have a better showing. How's the film review on UCLA and Washington State game? It's crazy. It was it was uh, a track meet. I mean, touchdown every every possession, and. Uh, it was, uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a game like that. I mean, you've seen some high-scoring games, but 67, 63, whatever, that's, I don't know where that ranks in the highest-scoring non-overtime games, but it's got to be up there. And obviously turnovers played a huge factor in that ball game, and you guys have been really good at turnovers this year as far as not committing them. Correct. Uh, any particular reason? Uh, well, we're just, you know, it's being preached by the offensive coaches. That's Andy's number one objective is to take care of the football. The players are bought into that. And uh, Tyler's making great decisions. I uh, haven't thrown an interception yet, knock on wood, and so that's that's a positive. And uh, our turnover margin through four games is is pretty good. I think we're plus five, which is which is pretty decent. Not great, but uh, we, could, we could stand to get a few more takeaways on defense. All right, there's Kyle Whittingham. Now, PK talking Terrell Burgess had the inter- had the interception against USC. Talking to him about uh, how. Utah can bounce back and beat Washington State. Another team employs the air raid, going to test that secondary, going to test that pass rush. Here's PK with Terrell Burgess. Just give me a quick synopsis before we move on to Washington State as to what the issues were last week against USC. Uh, you know, we just uh, we didn't play 
we didn't play the best in our assignment, alignment, and technique, and uh, I guess they got the best of us. You know, but now you know we're moving on, right. trying to make sure that we're playing the be- or make we're making sure that we're working on our assignment and technique this week, just so that we can play the best of our abilities and play hard and play fast. Okay, so you're not exactly moving on to a run-oriented team. You're yes, running, moving on to a team that throws even more. Oh yes, sir. Is that you know kind of uh, get back at it to give you provide a level of excitement? Uh, yes, definitely. I mean, we love teams that can throw the ball. I mean. Running the ball is great, stopping the run is great, but uh, getting challenged is the best thing that our secondary needs. We need to be challenged. We need to be able to be at our best every time we can be. So we're going to go out this week, make sure we're on, on our toes and play the best of our abilities. So can I say this is the toughest challenge you're going to get all season? Uh, I mean, every game's tough. Uh, nothing's going to, I wouldn't say. Everybody in the Pac-12 is good. Everybody can throw the ball. So, But I definitely think that this team we're about to play this week, they throw the ball the most. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough one because they don't have 10 personnel, no tight end. So it's air raid offense. They're going to play well. we got to we got to play just as well as they do. So what's the basics as far as defensively and what you need to do when you play this type of offense? We have to – oh, <laughs> um, we have to – uh, we, we need great effort. Uh, we need to make sure that we are getting back to the fundamentals, uh, playing the best of our abilities. We have to have great technique because the, this team, they, they're, they're shifty. They can, they can run routes, and they extend plays very well. Like if the quarterback gets flushed out, the receivers aren't just going to stop their route because the quarterback's running. They're going to keep running to make sure they can get open. So we need to make sure that we're on our toes and we keep our eyes on our receivers just in case there's a missed tackle or anything else that drastic happens. So that extension of the play that you talk about, yes, sir. is it usually then or more than likely he's probably going to throw it? Uh, yes, he's definitely more, more than likely. I mean, things change, but from what I've seen so far, he's more than likely going to tw- throw it. And i, I got to look at more film, but that's what I've seen so far. So does that make it easier then to concentrate because you know what they want to do? It doesn't necessarily make it easier to stop, but it's easier to be aware of what's coming because you know what they want to do. Um, I, I think, yes, uh, the more film you watch, the more you are knowing what's coming. I think it's, it definitely makes it easier to cover because... Knowing what's coming before it's coming is the best thing in, yeah. any, in anything in life. You know what's coming before it comes. So, yeah, I definitely think it's easier to cover then if you know that he's going to rather throw it than, than uh, run the ball. What makes them as effective as they are? I think they just, they're just a very smart team. They, uh, they know exactly where to get to, where the open spots are in the defense. They know, like, when they're, they're a hardworking offense, and I think that's, one thing that helps them be as effective as they are. They're, they're hardworking. Do they use a lot of deception in their routes? Um, I'd say yes. I mean, every team does, but yes, they use a lot of deception, but they're also very, very vanilla. Like, they, they just, they have what they have, and they do the best of their ability, and it, and it works out for them. So you know what they're going to do. It's a question of can you stop it? Is that accurate? Uh, I wouldn't say that I, I mean, I'm, I'm not psychic. But, okay, yeah, I got it. <laughs> but the, the more and more I watch, yes, I'll, I'll I'll learn more and more about what they're going to do, and it's just a matter of can we play assignment sound football. Right, so my point is they're yes, not really going to surprise you that much. Oh, no, sir. No, sir. I don't believe so. But, I mean, everybody can come out with a new game plan every week. They're going to scheme us just like we're going to scheme them. So. Yeah. Yes, sir. Now, when you hear that the quarterback threw nine touchdown passes, That's does insane. that make you nervous? Yeah. Uh, no, it doesn't make me nervous. I mean, one of my one of my good friends goes to UCLA, so I talked to him. He, uh, he said it was just they just kept, kept throwing the ball, and it just – kept landing on the, the other guy's hands. I mean, that's just one thing that you, you we got to stop. You know, uh, nine touchdowns is great. That's a great honor for him. But uh, we're going to make sure we're going to do our best ability so that doesn't happen this way. How does that work conditioning-wise when you're playing a 
team that runs the offense that they run? Uh, I think it's just it just has it comes down to effort. If you're not giving effort, then you're not going to stop them in the be, in the doing the best what they want to do. If that makes sense. So if they go out there and they start throwing the ball, we have to be able to run to the ball and come back. So we're making sure that we're staying conditioned this week, so then that we're ready for this weekend coming up. Are they going to? Are your coaches going to sub guys in maybe a little bit more than they have in the past since you're going to be extending a lot of energy? Um, I'm sure if that if if need be, yes. If people get tired, we definitely will. But uh, we're going to make sure we have the best guys on the field as much as we can so we can uh, we win the game. Sorry. Did you get tired last week against us? Um, I mean, I get tired every game, but getting tired is just the way life goes. I just got to fight for it. Of course. Yes, sir. How much do you have to worry about the run responsibilities against a team like this? Or against a team that air raids the ball? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think since Washington State knows that every defense knows they're going to throw the ball, they're definitely going to – Add in a few run play, a few extra run plays, something that they don't, you know, know, so they're not like being schemed like, oh, this is the pass, you know, that makes sense. So I think we just have to worry about the run as just as much as the pass, but know that they they are some air raid offense. So that coordinator for SC yes, sir. played quarterback under Leach. Yes, sir. I'm sure you know that. Yes. Uh, with that in mind, how much has that helped you prepare having to play last week against SC with a similar type offense now going up against the air raid in Washington State? I think it helps us a lot because we just – it's not like you're going off from a run team to a pass team. It's a pass team to almost just about right. the same offense as the one before. So it's, I think that's great for us. You know, we're both – both teams coming off of uh, some losses, so that's not that's not good. But I think we're both going to come out this this weekend and play the best of our abilities. So you got to pick. Why didn't you take it to the house? Though? Uh, you know, I I'm not going to put it on anybody else. It's on me. I should have uh, I should have scored. I should have should have took the one up the sideline, or I should have cut back across the field. We try and even you know, if the ball's caught on one side of the field, we try and stay there. But I mean. You know, I should have I should have scored. I can't blame it on anybody else but me. I was alone with the ball. How exciting was it though to get that pick? Um, I mean, it was great in the moment. I mean, it looked like uh, t- helped turn the game around, yeah. but you know, we ended up losing, so that kind of sucks. I mean, after the game, I talked to my family. They're like so excited, but I was just we lost the game, so it wasn't like big to me. It wasn't as good of a deal, yeah. No, sir. I mean, you got one loss. How's yes, the spirit to the team? Oh, we're still up. We're still up in focus. We're making sure that this week uh, we're back on track, uh, staying, keeping our heads high, and just making sure that we finish the season off right. So really, didn't it doesn't stop you from achieving any of your goals? Oh no, sir. No, sir. We got to keep going. We got to keep moving. Got to just move forward. Uh, that that was a tough one, but you know, every game's tough, so we got to just keep moving forward. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. There's PK with Terrell Burgess. We're going to take a break, come back. What is trending? All the headlines coming up.